Hello and welcome to today's Live on Web program, Megatrends in Trucking Technology. I'm Seth Clevenger, Managing Editor of Features at Transport Topics. In this show, we'll be taking a closer look at the IT side of trucking and how fleets are embracing technology to improve visibility and efficiency across their operations. One major trend we'll be discussing is the emergence of predictive analytics, which uses fleet's data to forecast what will happen in the future rather than simply examining what has already happened. We'll also take a look ahead at the future of trucking IT by exploring the potential uses for blockchain within the transportation industry. And we'll be discussing the expansion of remote diagnostics, the future of truck maintenance, and even the potential for virtual reality and augmented reality in trucking. Now, joining us here in the studio today to help answer all your questions is Jack Legler, Technical Director for ATA's Technology and Maintenance Council. Later on, we'll also hear from Peter Kovac, Director of Information Technology at at Paper Transport, a Wisconsin-based truckload fleet that is taking its data analytics to the next level. We'll also take a deeper dive into blockchain with Tim Leonard, Chief Technology Officer at Trimble Transportation, which owns TNW Systems, PeopleNet, and several other trucking technology suppliers. As we get into this discussion, we also invite you to participate in today's program by emailing your questions or comments to share at ttnews.com. So, Jack, you know, to get started, let's go ahead and talk about the evolution of data analytics, right? Now, it's, we've, we've really come a long way from only using data to, to look at what happened in the past and, and assess what went wrong. Increasingly, companies today are using data to look forward and project. Uh, what are some examples that you've seen in the industry where, where the transportation industry is really using uh, predictive analytics to, to look ahead? Well, thanks for the invite, Seth. TMC is very happy to be here, and as well as myself. The topic of data analytics is just fascinating. We're going through a rapid expansion, both in capability, uh, as far as sensor technologies, and pulling all the data together with the analytics, so that we're not, as you said, not looking just retrospectively uh, after an event happens, but actually now being able to predict an event before it happens. Where this is paying off now is you're seeing increased route efficiencies, uh, reduced maintenance cycles, reduced maintenance costs, better supervision of drivers and technicians. Right. You know, those are a few examples that we see. And uh, for another example, uh, we had a, a recent conversation with uh, Peter Kovac at uh, Paper Transport. Um, and this is a specific example of uh, next level analytics, um, you know, in this case looking at forward looking ETAs for more precise arrival times. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that clip and hear what uh, uh, Paper Transport is, is doing with uh, forward-looking ETAs. Yeah, and uh, Pete, you know, one of the you know, big emerging trends we've seen in uh, trucking technology in recent years has been uh, the, the use of predictive analytics, you know, using data not just to see what has happened in the past, but to also try to use this to predict what's likely to happen in the future. And paper transport is actually a really good example of this with some of the work you've been doing on forward-looking ETAs for more precise estimates on arrival time. So Pete, could you go ahead and give us a little bit of an example and a, an overview of exactly what you're doing in this area at, uh, at paper transport? For sure. You know, and, and for me, what I uh, have as a litmus test is you know, predictive analytics being taking the, the data that you have accumulated um, manipulating that and then making those projections forward. Uh, and the big differentiator for that is so that way, as you execute more and more, as you have more and more data build up, um, those trends, those predictions become even better uh, as, mm -hmm. as that data builds. So, you know, what we have done is taken that minute by minute GPS information, which everybody gets, and build out uh, actual, um, individual route lines for all of our drivers and then combine all that, aggregate all that, and now we start understanding uh, what, what is going to be the average for those drivers as to how long it's going to take to actually execute. And again, as we execute more and more of those routes, that information gets tighter and tighter. Okay. And obviously this will help tremendously with planning, right? So when you're looking at your network, looking at uh, opportunities to pick up loads, uh, you know, this puts you in a position where you can make much better decisions, right? For sure, and at the simplest level, you know, you have that feedback loop between the driver and the driver manager. Uh, we, we take that information we, and provide that same level of information that the driver manager is seeing all the way back to the driver. So, you know, at the, at the simplest sense, we have that conversation going on, 
and setting those expectations as to what can actually be done. It's great that we have this projected ETA, but at the end of the day, we need that conversation and a, and a unified understanding as to what will be executed. Uh, so that way the appointment items are set appropriately and that our customers are communicated with appropriately. Sure. And you think, uh, you know, in, in the modern uh, trucking industry, I mean, forward visibility, I get the sense, is just becoming more and more important. Uh, you guys are staying ahead of the curve on that. Um, but, you know, what are you hearing from your shippers? What do you think, uh, you know, is out there in terms of shipper expectations for knowing, you know, precise times, you know, when, when a, uh, a truck's going to arrive and just, just knowing exactly where their freight is? Yeah. At this point, the, the shipper's mindset is, is that transparency. Uh, wanting that that full picture, that full detailed view as to what's actually happening with the load, and we've seen that with uh, you know the visibility tools that have been coming onto the market, you know, four kites or ten four, where the shippers want that aggregated information coming in from the carriers. You know, at this point, we're already providing uh, GPS information every ten to fifteen minutes coming into their system, so that way they see exactly where that truck's at. And then with that, providing those, those regularly updated ETAs back into the system as well has been kind of a new development for us. Okay. So having those updated projections being not only shown to our drivers or driver managers, but ultimately to our shippers and finally their customers. Okay. And, we're, and at the end of the day, it's everybody is expecting that same consumer experience uh, in, the, in the transportation world. All right. Yeah, and you know, with these forward-looking ETAs, I mean, this is something that Paper Transport is is developing on a proprietary basis. So you guys are investing in this. You see a, a real need for this uh, as a competitive advantage. You know, why is this such an important um, you know uh, technology for you guys to pursue? Why why invest so much into in, into into this IT uh, you know foundation for your business? And, and that's truly what it is for us and how we viewed it as a foundational piece of data that we needed to understand. We knew where our drivers you know, were going from you know, Wisconsin to Ohio, but we had no idea where the drivers will be. Show me all the drivers in Chicago at 11 a.m. tomorrow, right? We needed mm -hmm. to understand where will we be at every point in the day moving forward as we plan, plan it out. So, not only will that give us visibility into empties along the route line or uh, maintenance facilities that they can drop by, but then we have that hours of service understanding with it to say, that's great that they're moving past it, but can they actually, do they actually have the time to stop? So combining all that information so that way all of our business units, all of our departments can really work together and have that single view as to what will be happening with that driver. Okay. Oh, great. You know, maybe, uh, you know, can you give me any, before we uh, leave this topic, you know, what, what might be the next uh, step for you guys in this, you know, re relatively recent rollout of uh, forward-looking ETAs? You know, what's the opportunity for growth? What's the opportunity to uh, expand on that in the future that you're looking at? I mean, ultimately, where our long-term uh, jump into is now we know where the, where the drivers will be and where our holes in our network will be. We really want to start plugging in those holes and, and having the, to say, uh, we need, we need a, a load from A to B, right, during this time frame, and that's really where we want to go with that in an, in an automated means. All right, welcome back. Um, so, Jack, uh, we, uh, you know, and Pete, we appreciate you taking the time, and, and Jack wanted to you know, get your thoughts on you know, the potential for forward-looking ETAs uh, for better asset utilization in the trucking industry. Predicting our time of arrival more accurately is not just nice to have, it's a gotta have. The industry is being driven more and more by customer expectations, not just mm -hmm. shippers and end consumers. Consumers want their goods today because they're not going to brick and mortar stores anymore. They're shopping online. They want the convenience and they want the timeliness of a delivery on their schedule. Of course, that is in conflict with the need to keep the assets moving all the time. You cannot afford to have a truck sit and maintain the types of margins that we do in this industry. And of course, now you put proper driver utilization in tandem with that, um, particularly now that we have electronic monitoring all over the place, is that you've got to optimize all of those factors together. The back of the envelope route planning doesn't work anymore. You need, right. you need the algorithms, you need the computers to do it for you because the conditions, traffic conditions, uh, customer expectations are changing constantly. Yep. If, you're, if you're not looking ahead, you're behind. 
Um, now, before we move on from this topic, I did want to address one of our viewer questions. So we, we have a question we received from uh, Dave Lusinger at the Wisconsin <laughs> Department of Transportation. So we have a little bit of a Wisconsin theme developing to this show with paper transport on earlier, too. Um, but Dave asks, are private firms willing to share key information from their supply chain and predictive analytics with the public sector to establish the need for infrastructure investments uh, and uh, the need for uh, repairs? Uh, so Dave's really asking, uh, what's the opportunity to have some data sharing between uh, trucking companies that are using more sophisticated technology on one hand and, uh, and state DOTs, for example, on the other? And uh, you know, of course, this evolution of data analytics we're talking about is really geared toward uh, better business operations. But through the course of that, of course, these, these fleets are going to have even better ideas on where the pain points are. Uh, where you know the infrastructure really is lacking, uh, you know what areas are uh, most in, in need of, of um, you know, repairs or or just uh, improvement and expansion. Uh, so I just recommend that you keep a good dialogue with the uh, you know the fleets that are operating in your state. You know just you know they'll have a great idea of what's happening. You know they may not be willing to share all of their proprietary information, but uh, they there's certainly a common uh, interest in. And, and need for uh, better infrastructure uh, across the country. Um, Jack, I wanted to bring you on, in on this too. Uh, what are your thoughts on you know, possibilities for sharing data between uh, the private and, and public realms? Well, in the private sector, we've always been very close to the vest with our information. Uh, obviously, we don't tip our competitors off to our little secrets or our problems. But in it's a nice follow-on, actually, to the ETA question is we can't do predictive ETAs if we don't know what's going on in the highway system. Sure. So we're going to need active interchange of data back and forth. On the, on the converse side of that, we need to be giving more information to the public sector. Where are we finding the choke points? As very graphically pointed out in Atri's recent uh, sur survey report on those, on those particular choke points, is, is you're designing infrastructure to perhaps have truck-dedicated lanes, um, which infrastructure needs to be priority repaired to allow trucks to move constantly rather than having things tied up in construction zones all day. And of course those things are changing in real time. Sure. And we need to have a better inner, inner dialogue back and forth between the public sector and our fleets. All right. Well, hopefully you guys can make that happen. And uh, just as a reminder, you're watching Live on Web's look at megatrends in trucking technology. As we continue, we do invite you to participate in the show. You can email your questions or comments to share at ttnews.com and we will do our best to address them during the program. So we've discussed predictive analytics, uh, which is a, some, a trend that we're seeing uh, today in the industry. But let's also uh, look ahead to what might be the next big trend, uh, and that's blockchain. Uh, so you're probably at least somewhat familiar with the blockchain concept uh, by now. Uh, I'm sure you've uh, heard about it in relation to uh, Bitcoin, which has gotten a lot of uh, attention in the press lately. But the Applicability is so much broader than than cryptocurrency. You know there are um, many uh, ap possible applications for blockchain across a variety of industries, and trucking is certainly no exception to that. Uh, for those of you who are not that familiar with the concept, uh, a blockchain is simply a, a shared digital uh, ledger or network that keeps a, an ordered uh, a list of records, and those records are. Um, you know, referred to as blocks in, in blockchain parlance. Uh, and really, the, the whole concept is designed to improve visibility, uh, to, to prevent you know, errors and fraud, and just have uh, more seamless transactions from, from beginning to end. Uh, so, Jack, I wanted to ask you about you know, your thoughts on blockchain and where it really could make a lot of sense in trucking. Well, blockchain is not a future event. It's, it's here and now. It, many of our companies are working in identifying opportunities to work with blockchain. It's being driven from the logistics side of the house. Uh, very rapidly getting to the point now where a, a customer in South America can order a perishable product from Korea, for example, and have it delivered within days. And the whole advantage of blockchain is to take the, the middleman out of the system, where mm. the amount that the intermediaries have to touch uh, decision-making as because of the trusted nature of blockchain, where one element of the blockchain trusts another element, and it is a trusted network throughout. As a transaction moves from one part of the chain to another, the handoff happens seamlessly and automatically. There's no one has to make a decision and put a check mark in a box to allow the, the, right. next, the next phase of the movement. 
it also has a lot of applications in maintenance and, and parts side. Uh, we, that's all future think, but we think that uh, one of TMC's long-term objective is, is to try to standardize the uh, warranty claims handling process mm -hmm. in the industry right now, and, and I think that's where blockchain really has some great potential. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, and um, you know, some of the other ideas that have been floated are you know, regulatory compliance, uh, you know, you think about Food Safety Modernization Act and all the documentation associated with that. That's something that might make sense on a blockchain network. Uh, so we're, we're seeing all these ideas uh, and we'll see how they develop. But I recently spoke with uh, Tim Leonard at uh, Trimble Transportation. He's their chief technology officer and we really spoke at length about blockchain. So let's go ahead and, and play that interview and, and hear what he had to say. Uh, blockchain has really been a, a hot topic over the last you know, year and a half or so uh, within the technology world and increasingly it's also been a, a real area of focus in uh, the transportation industry. And uh, Tim, it's great to have you on because this is you know, an area that you have a, a lot of expertise in. And uh, I wanted to hear from you uh, to start off, you know, why should fleet executives care about blockchain? Why should they be paying attention to it? And uh, you know what can blockchain do better than uh, today's systems? Yeah, excellent question, Seth. I think when you look at the opportunities that all of executives has uh, with inside the fleet capabilities, is the enablement uh, to look at the efficiencies and the proficiencies of the fleets themselves. I think when you look at um, you know the low margins that uh, each one of the fleets has. What blockchain uniquely offers is, is that first class of visibilities. In today's technology, there's not a lot of opportunities that you have to actually see things completely end to end. And when I started working with blockchain three and a half, three years ago, it just became so distinctive that the validation of a trusted data set, completely visible, could enable up multiple business cases that would help produce uh, that, that opportunities to help take manual processes and actually enablement and process things a lot quicker, faster, and make things transparent, particularly with the relationships between shippers and carriers. So unique application, something that's very distinctive, but at the same time, very dynamic in a way that addresses all modes of transportation capabilities. And we have several business cases we could discuss in this. Okay, yeah. And Speaking of those business cases, uh, you, know, you guys at uh, TMW and Trimble have identified, I believe, 54 different business uh, cases uh, that uh, could potentially be transformed by blockchain. Uh, so there's all kinds of different possibilities here. Would you uh, care to take us through a, a few key examples? No, I'd be happy to. I think, you know, and I'll highlight a few. You're right. It, it certainly could spend a lot of time going through all of them. You know, I, I like the cases, for example, around brokerage. Again, I think you're absolutely right in terms of I've been doing this for a while. We've looked at the business cases first, solving problems within the industry. So let's look at brokerage. You know, so a very, very specific example, which is carrier onboarding utilizing insurance verification. What this has enabled us to do is, is actually work with other um, various um, associations. This particular one is, is an insurance or, or organization that's been set up that enables this hyperledger, our hyperledger, to effectively work with another one. And so why that's so important today is, is with insurance verification, it's very time consuming and expensive task for, for, for really any size broker to really uniquely identify an insurance policy and then have it connected into a very dedicated ledger that maintains that data set. And all you're doing is getting verifications. And, and the other thing is it's publicly data that's hosted and maintained, for example, by, by DOT. So why not join a blockchain that has publicly ready available, design something that could be very specific and, and enable you to take manual processes that today that take 10 to 20 to 30 hours a month and completely automate them. Uh, another great example, uh, for example, is, is like within LTL, you know, a, a blockchain applications that track, validate freight classes would be extremely helpful in the LTL capability. So, you know, those are just two of the examples. The one that I really like most is, is the example around Intermobile. When you look at Intermobile, the blockchain applications can and will help facilitate in real time a trusted access really around the formations around border documentations, data that can be transformed, 
data associations with a document where we can help intermodal transportation is, you know, for example, Mexico to United States to Canada. By having these centrally located, facilitated in real time, that intermodal um, uh, lookup capabilities to track information can be done now in seconds, and, and, and that enables us to take this thing and actually attack something in transportation that every executive wants to go after, which is the lack of proficiencies, inefficiencies, which has been um, one of our Achilles heels in the transportation world. Sure. And uh, there's also opportunity for you know, some of the most basic of, of freight transactions, right? You know, just uh, you know, kind of the RFP and bid process, um, you know, and direct communication uh, really between uh, shippers and carriers. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. One of our main business cases focused very heavy in um, looking at something, you know, we, we know that if you were to walk in the front door of any major carriers and say, hey, I'm going to gut and replace your EDI with my own proprietary code, I think they would kick us all out. But if you could walk into a, a, a carrier organization, you could embed the blockchain application foundation right inside of a, a non committal transportation connection like, you know, for example, TMW's bid engage product, that then ties in information right into the RFP process. The RFP from the shipper, the carriers to the bid, the enablement of that stored inside of a blockchain gives complete visibility and transparency between two relationships that we want to grow and build together. And by the way, that particular opportunity really is agnostics within a standard itself. So standards don't really have to be completed, but yet we solve one of the fundamental problems on the front end process before the TMS that really provides the opportunities for saving time, cost, and manual tracking opportunities. Okay. You know, another area that uh, has gotten some attention as a, a potential use of blockchain uh, in transportation is uh, vehicle maintenance records. And, uh, you know, I understand that you have some experience, uh, you know, with that that predates your time at Trimble back when you're working at uh, General Motors. And perhaps you weren't calling it blockchain at the time, but uh, it was, you know, much the same concept. Can you talk to a little bit more about uh, exactly what you were doing there? I, and again, you're, you're, you're exactly right. When, when I started looking at blockchain, this goes back to the first white paper, then my earlier years, particularly at General Motors, you know, when you're looking at um, the recall situation and enabling us to tie specific records of what was manufacturing to anything that may have been recalled, there was scattered sets of data everywhere. Um, you know, that's not any unique problem with any company, whether it's GM or anywhere else. However, what was really unique was um, I, I immediately saw the unique identification of a record set that was indisputable, but in a real-time fashion, and it was recordable. This really led me into the fundamental concepts is, is that if I can store data that is trusted, that no one can touch, that I can make it transparent, and this is what I believe, you know, for example, uh, Mary Barr, extremely one of the best leaders I've had the pleasure of, of working for, tied together the opportunities to be, we want to expose the information so that we're transparent, but we also want to be accountable to be able to map the data into something that, that people can readily see and to trust that we're, we will show you the information and that there's nothing behind the hidden door on that. And I, that's what really started my mind thinking that if this is so important to somebody like CEO of General Motors, this could transcend into the transportation world because it would help build the relationships of trust between businesses like a shipper, like a carrier, or carrier to brokerage. That really was the foundation of where I started with three years ago, and it's, I've never stopped since. Okay. And, you know, we've, we've explored some of the potential, some of the real possibilities for, for blockchain, and uh, it's interesting to think about all these use cases, but just how long will it take and what, what, what will it take for uh, trucking to, to really adopt and use uh, blockchain applications um, and how, how far off is this, do you think? Yeah, and, you know, I, again, I, I think there's a lot of give and take within the uh, transportation trucking industry. Um, I, I see a lot of adoptions in other parts of um, the, the market itself, uh, particularly in Europe and in China, uh, India and Israel and Dubai. Uh, we do have a little bit of an adoption process issue. You know, do we wait for standards? Do we then start building some items that we learn from? You know, and, and quite honestly, Seth, I think when you look at the opportunities that we can 
move the needle in specific areas of manual processes that are being done. Um, you don't affect the very low margins that happen today within trucking. Again, I go back to the example. Let me roll out an application that has that exists today in production that has embedded blockchain hookups. And this isn't transparent with, uh, for example, our, our bid engage product that enables you to actually do a hook, for example, into a non-TMW TMS system. That's where we wanted to go with blockchain, to be agnostic enough to um, support individuals, but yet transparent enough to have a ledger that has the system a record of information. Starting with an embedded application of blockchain, feeding into the overall unique ledger itself, was the entry point that we felt that it would be less cost effective for our carriers and then two it would be less risk for them to try out something that enabled them to see touch and feel a blockchain capability again I don't want to disrupt the existing business. I believe trucking utilization is still king today. I don't want to affect the utilization capabilities around anything that I'm doing. I want them to get the trust blockchain, adopt blockchain, but I want to do it in a way instead of eating the whole elephant, they're eating pieces of the elephant and gaining trust into a new technology that can change the entire marketplace. All right, welcome back. Uh, next, I'd like to go ahead and uh, address some of the questions we've received on blockchain. Uh, so Pete Dillon at Aperia Technologies wrote, um, when you dissect today's shipper, broker, carrier contract terms and the execution and recourse in the case of breach for those contracts, uh, what are the biggest challenges to implementing smart contracts? So we, we didn't really get into the, the smart contract concept much, but you know, basically this is the idea of putting a traditional freight contract on the blockchain and uh, you, you can have all kinds of different elements of the, of the contract built into the contract uh, in the blockchain. Uh, that could be you know, really every step from the initial bid through final payment. You could have, uh, say, provisions for driver detention time and detention pay, uh, you know, maybe even uh, on-time performance uh, on the shipper side. So you can certainly build a, a network and build a, a smart contract to encompass you know, the complexity of, of modern uh, freight contracts, uh, the challenge might just be to getting everybody you know, to agree to the terms, right? You know, just uh, getting the shippers and carriers and you know, any other parties who, who might be uh, a part of the uh, transaction to agree to the same terms and, 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 uh, and have it all set up on a blockchain network. Uh, so uh, Jack, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, smart contracts and, and how today's freight contracts could work on a, in a blockchain environment. Well, Seth, as you exactly said, the transactional nature of the business, uh, if event A happens, payment B happens, uh, handoff C happens, or in the case of maintenance and parts and warranty, if a warranty event happens that is backed up by data coming off of the ECM on the, on the truck, that you may immediately be paid for that warranty item and be sent a new part without any question because the event matched the contract of the, of the warranty contract. Right. So from shipping to warranty to parts core management, um, the problem is, of course, you have to be proactive in applying the rules and setting up the algorithms. Uh, it's going to kind of take the art of post-accident negotiation uh, right. out, of, out, of, out of the system. The, the lawyers are going to have to be thinking proactively rather, right. rather than uh, at the back end. And that really is, a, is the nature of, of the challenge of blockchain is, is defining the terms so that the, the chain itself now becomes a transactional control point rather than an intermediary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, let me also get to another question we received. Uh, this one's from Scott Conklin at Dedicated Systems, Inc. Uh, how do you feel groups like the Blockchain and Transportation Alliance are going to affect the next few years? And how quickly do you think implementation of blockchain will take place? Um, you know, I'll just uh, you know, quickly um, suggest that you know, BIDA is uh, going to play an important role in developing standards for blockchain. Uh, that's one of the key uh, core focuses that, that they've been um, discussing and it's really kind of bringing all the parties together, all the, all the folks in the industry from diff different sides of the industry together to have this discussion. And um, I'll ask you, Jack, the same question and uh, you know, also this question around how quickly you think this can happen. Another one of those questions, the future is now. Right. Uh, we're already seeing uh, many readings that I'm, that I'm doing on this particular subject is we're already seeing blockchain 
being either actively incorporated or being planned from the international shipper community. And of course, the carriers uh, that are more logistics managers rather than pure trucking companies are going to have to interface with that in the very short term, hence the beta uh, mm -hmm. formation is why that's been so rapid is because yeah. there is a, a very rapid uh, and immediacy uh, uh, pushed it to make that happen. Uh, so you're going to have to define those terms. As we said, the contract terms are going to have to be defined in terms of trucking operations from our perspective, because certainly the international shippers are defining it from, from their perspective. Right. And I think that BID is going to be a very busy organization here very shortly. Yeah, I, th I think so too. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how these uh, conversations develop. And uh, next, I also wanted to uh, go back to uh, Peter Kovac of Paper Transport. You know, we also talked about uh, blockchain during our interview. So let's go ahead and play that clip and hear his thoughts. Well, uh, I wanted to shift gears here a little bit, Pete, and uh, talk about uh, you know another you know hot topic in the industry and. You know, this is looking a little bit further down the, down the line, I think, but you know, there's certainly been a growing level of interest in blockchain technology and, and how that might be applied in the trucking industry. And uh, Paper Transport is a member of the uh, Blockchain and Transport Alliance. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you see as, as the potential for blockchain in this industry? Yeah, I mean, the biggest uh, advantage to blockchain is the fact that it takes out any sort of middleman. That's really the, the foundational idea behind it, is that you have parties that normally would not have communicated with each other, um, directly communicating and sharing, a, and sharing that information. Um, so I think that's why blockchain has become so, um, so interesting to a lot of individuals, because current state, just with how many carriers are out in the market, it just created this need to have a, a lot of third parties involved in order to keep those and keep uh, uh, trusted transactions flowing. Sure, and with a blockchain setup, you know, in theory, you could have, you know, multiple carriers, multiple shippers, all kind of communicating to d together in kind of a load board environment, right? And that's ultimately that's where we would love to be, right? Is if the shippers were um, all contributing their loads directly onto a onto a blockchain, the carriers could all retrieve. Uh, those loads and accept those loads right within the blockchain. You don't have these phantom loads on these 100 different load boards anymore. When you actually accept it, everybody sees the loads accepted and it's done. Um, and again, going back to where we had with the ETAs is if we can pluck those loads directly off this blockchain and have it integrate directly into our uh, network, that ultimately, we believe, will make us the most efficient that we can be. Okay. Yeah, and could you speak a little bit more about the, you know, the, this common um, you know, thread with blockchain? A lot of the, the folks who really study it say that it could really mean a lot for you know, trust between business partners. You know, today, of course, it's you know, companies that know other companies and, and have this built-up trust. Uh, with blockchain and, and some of the safeguards of the system, there's some thought that you know, maybe you can, you can trust the system more than just people, and you're going to see a, a, this, this permanent uh, history of, of work that's been done in the past, so you, you can feel confident in who you're working with. Uh, do you agree with that? Do you think that that's, you know, blockchain could have the potential to, to you know, change how trust works, essentially, in, in the trucking industry? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you have uh, a large amount of small uh, carriers, that trust is especially uh, important, right? It's uh, nobody's wondering if Schneider's going to show up on time or if the large carriers are going to show up on time, right? They have that that reputation out in the in industry. So it's the mid, small to mid-sized carriers that are really going to take advantage of this new trust model uh, because they, it's it's a proven track record of of what they have executed, and. Uh, parties, other parties that normally, again, would not have communicated are validating and saying, yes, this happened, this is a good transaction. Okay. So we see this potential, and this is, this is very intriguing, and, and we're uh, you know, very interested in seeing how this might develop, but just how long might this take? I mean, do you think this is something that's you know, years away, um, you know, and, and what will it take to, you know, for the industry to actually put something like this in place? Uh, and actually have enough people on board to make it worthwhile. There's a there's a lot of uh, investment happening in the technology itself, so that the technology is not going to be the 
the lag as far as you know when it will be uh, become mainstream. It's really going to become the the parties involved uh, in the technology actually coming together and building out those that network integrating as to how it's going to operate. Um, again, the, the the biggest piece of it is that now you have to have shippers that normally wouldn't talk to each other and carriers that normally wouldn't talk to each other actually agree on a standard right. and and implement it. Not only agree, but implement it into their into their systems. If that were to happen, though, um, it would be a very different world and it would change very fast. Yeah, and would you say that we're still kind of in that discussion phase right now, kind of the exploratory phase where uh, you know the the people who might someday participate in in blockchain networks are kind of just exploring it. It's, for sure, we're in the in the super hype phase where it's right. you know. Blockchain is going to cut your bread and bake your, bake your cookies, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll see how it all develops. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think we're, you know, the industry now is kind of you know, wrapping its mind around it. And hopefully we have some great conversations and discussions, um, you know, through you know, the Blockchain and Trucking Alliance and, uh, and Transport Alliance, I should say, and, and others uh, in the future. And we'll see how this all develops. All right, welcome back. Um, let's go to uh, yet another question we'd like to address uh, from a viewer. Uh, so this is a question from Josh Silverblatt at the Environmental Protection Agency. And he asks, what will, the, what will be the limitations of the digital ledger? So you know, we've been talking a lot about the possibilities. What can blockchain do in trucking? Uh, you know, he's asking, you know, what are the opinions on what it can't do? Uh, so you know, I think Jack, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, blockchain works well when you set it up in advance and have all these agreed to terms. Uh, so it lends itself to tra transactions that are at least somewhat predictable. Um, so is that the potential problem for blockchain, unpredictable uh, transactions? Well, that exactly is the challenge. If, if you can't set up a rule, if you can't write an algorithm around that rule, then the blockchain is going to be very difficult because um, it's not really adaptive because you have to have those trusted uh, sign-offs happen. The certificates have to be exchanged. So uh, you can't exchange a certificate of trust if you don't really understand what it is you're trusting. So hence, the, the, the more predictable, the more defined the transaction is, the more adaptable it is to the blockchain environment. The other challenge is volatility, where mm. things are rapidly changing. Again, because it, it, it invalidates the rules that are right. there. Um, if you talk, of course, blockchain uh, emanated out of the cryptocurrency world, specifically uh, Bitcoin. Uh, when you're talking about financial transactions as part of the blockchain in, in logistics and uh, transportation, is when does the money take place and in what form does that take place? Is it a cryptocurrency? And if so, is the cryptocurrency volatile? If it is very volatile, as of course has been Bitcoin recently, uh, the, the value of that transaction, uh, the contract negotiation that yeah. goes along with that now also becomes very unpredictable. So if right. you're going to make a rate that's, that's going to apply in the, in the profit margins that we operate on, and the margin for error is very slim to begin with. So anytime there is increased volatility and lack of precision on the negotiating side, then the, uh, the blockchain itself becomes an element of risk. Sure. So even more factors to consider with blockchain. Um, and uh, if you are fascinated by the possibilities for blockchain and want to learn more, I would encourage you to go ahead and, and uh, read the latest issue of our iTech supplement. You know, this appeared in the February 12th issue of Transport Topics. Uh, you can also see the stories online at ttnews.com uh, for some additional reading on, uh, on blockchain. And uh, as a final reminder, you're watching Live on Web's look at megatrends in trucking technology. And uh, you may still have a little bit of time to uh, submit your questions if you hurry. Uh, you can email a question or comment to share at ttnews.com. And uh, if you're fast enough, we'll try to address it on the program. Uh, but moving forward, let's go ahead and uh, look at another big trend we've seen in, in the trucking technology world. And that's remote diagnostics, uh, which isn't new, but has been a big development for the industry over the last several years. Uh, today, all the major truck OEMs are offering some form of uh, remote diagnostics. And uh, you know, these systems uh, report critical fault code data back to the fleet proactively while the vehicle's out on the road. Uh, so it's not just uh, receiving a phone call that your, your truck is uh, broken down on the side of the road. It's 
you know, getting alerts so you can take proactive measures so you don't have this you know, painful downtime and, and you're not just bleeding money as you're trying to get a truck up and running. Um, so we've, we've seen this and we've seen a lot of focus on it in the industry, but Jack, uh, you know, what's your sense of how much of a difference these systems are really making? Uh, are we seeing a tangible difference in truck maintenance as a result of this rollout of remote diagnostics? Our TMC members are telling us exactly that. Is Again, we're still in the early phases of the potential uh, for predictive analytics, but uh, even even now you're seeing direct, direct payoffs. As you said, the worst thing you possibly could want, especially going back to our predi predictive ETA discussion, right. is the last thing you want is a truck with potentially $10 million worth of load in the back is stuck in the middle of nowhere where the parts for the very now very sophisticated truck are not accessible right. and not available. And if the system itself can tell you that a part is going to fail, then you're going to avoid that situation. So it's not just analyzing the failure modes on the back end to reduce your maintenance costs, it's preventing the worst case scenario up front. And that can translate into very large sums of money on your bottom line. Sure, and uh, you know, I'll just add that you know, in the trade press, we kind of marvel just how much the uh, truck manufacturers have, have really focused on, on this area, on, on remote diagnostics. It's, it's, it's become a key selling point for, for uh, vehicle manufacturers, and that's pretty remarkable. We're, we're really seeing equipment and technology becoming more closely tied together than, than ever before. If I may inject it yeah, a little absolutely. bit, it's, it's actually uh, because we're seeing more and more sensors, we already have a lot of sensors on a truck, right. but we're seeing more and more sensors, not just on the power unit, but also in a trailer. Uh, you, can, you can monitor reefer temperatures, you can monitor axle temperatures, you can monitor a lot of other issues that are going on in the vehicle, and the more and more technology we add into the system, the more data we're going to have to play with. And of course now, it, the analytic programs to go with that, are, again, are beyond the capabilities of people. You need the computers to, to predict that failure and to give us, give us a little bit of a warning. Um, use an example, the old HAL 9000, predicting that the, the communications control module is going to go bad. Of course, we all know what happened on, on that right. one. But more recently in the Watson commercials, where they, they kind of joke about, uh, can you make a better cup of coffee? And the Watson says, I'm sorry, I don't talk to the coffee maker. Well, that's the whole point now. In the truck, we need to talk to every part of the truck. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's amazing how interconnected it can all be. Um, and uh, on a related topic, uh, let's talk a little bit about what truck maintenance will look like in the future. Uh, TMC, of course, is looking at many ways that you know, technology could change the, the task of uh, repairing and maintaining modern trucks, um, you know, including just this, this use of more sensors to support predictive maintenance. Uh, any uh, additional thoughts on that, Jack? Our future truck committee, and I keep uh, joking with these guys that the future is, is not five years out, it's much shorter term than that, are working on a lot of conceptual things about types of sensors that may fit better into this predictive environment. Uh, better air brake sensors, for example, that, that can monitor a slow bleed of, of air in a triple or a double way in that far back axle before you have a brake overheat and a brake fire mm -hmm. and, a, and a load fire as a consequence. That one little item uh, to repurpose current technology, not even future technology, to a different utilization can actually have a tremendous payback on your bottom line. Okay, and uh, we've got a question here from Tom Paduke at Transervice Logistics. Uh, he asks, what will the evolution of a technician's role look like in the future considering electric vehicles and autonomous technology systems? And what should a carrier or a maintenance service provider do to begin to prepare their staff for these changes? Uh, Jack, of course, this is a, a perfect question for TMC, so I'll kick this one to you. Uh, what could fleet maintenance operations uh, do today to prepare for a future where the job might look a lot different? Well, I hate to do the shameless advertising, but first of all, come to TMC's annual meeting and exhibition, which takes place March 3 to 5th in Atlanta. We have a technology pavilion where we're going to be discussing all of these issues. We're going to be discussing technician training and virtual reality and all of the other fun subjects that are going on right now. The, the answer is not thinking about the future, is studying now because the technologies are coming on us very quickly. Hybrid trucks, electric vehicles are, are now items and you're going to have to prepare to maintain not just to be able to maintain them, but also who's going to maintain them, who's going to be allowed to maintain them uh, and maintain the warranties on the technologies. Okay, and you mentioned uh, uh, virtual reality, and um, you know that's you know, maybe another trend that we could see make its way into trucking uh, more in the future, uh, not only virtual reality, but also augmented reality. Uh, for those of you who maybe uh, aren't fully on top of that, you know, it's simply um, 
what we're really talking about is adding a digital overlay to the physical world. Um, you know, you could do that with um, you know, wearables like uh, Google Glass or HoloLens or even just with your phones in some cases. And in fact, for those of you who had uh, uh, kids who were obsessed with Pokemon Go uh, a couple years back, uh, you know, going around with their phones, uh, that's actually an example of what, uh, uh, at least as an example of the augmented reality concept. Uh, well, that fad appears to be over, but uh, perhaps we'll see some uh, applications in the business world, uh, including in trucking. Uh, and Jack, this is an area that uh, TMC has been exploring. So what are some of the potential uses for VR and AR in trucking? TMC's Future Truck Committee and Education Committee have been looking at this for actually quite some time now and quite far along in, in exploring the possibilities for virtual reality and augmented reality. And the difference between the two, of course, virtual reality is training without having to have the physical vehicle, the physical device that you're learning how to maintain on hand. That's the way I learned, of course, is working on a real truck. Now, you don't have to work on a real truck. You can work on a virtual truck, and, but at the same time, have access to every system that's conceivably out there. Augmented reality, on the other hand, also allows you to do remote supervision of employees, not just, not just training, but hands-on supervision real time in diagnosing and repairing. Yeah, so I mean, you, you think about uh, you know, a, a maintenance technician perhaps wearing a you know, wearable lens and you know, uh, maybe looking at a physical truck but having access to uh, you know, fault code data um, you know, on a Google, Google Glass, for example, or uh, yeah, maybe just uh, uh, checking and maintaining the truck, uh, examining the truck remotely from afar. Uh, and and uh, uh, people that actually did a, a demo of a concept like that at, their last, uh, at the last Trimble user conference. Um, so there are clearly some, some folks in the trucking technology development world who are uh, actively exploring this and, and considering the possibilities for VR and, and AR in trucking. Um, now just to circle back quickly to um, uh, blockchain, we did get uh, another question on that topic. Uh, from Ken Stabler at uh, Ken Stabler Trucking. Uh, how can shippers and carriers using blockchain keep themselves protected against collusion lawsuits? Um, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the need for uh, uh, kind of front-end preparation, but, uh, you know, any, any thoughts on if that's an issue or not? Uh, or is that, not, is that a little bit of a... Uh, a non-issue for, for blockchain in your view? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a large issue, Seth. Okay. Uh, TMC, you know, we've been developing standards for 60 years plus, the recommended maintenance and engineering practices that we're famous for. But as equally as famous, although kind of behind the scenes, is the system that goes with that, is the peer review, the avoidance of all types of market discussions in, mm -hmm. in not just the, the practices themselves, but also discussions that lead into those, into those standards. Right. Uh, that has got to be a part of the blockchain discussion mm -hmm. uh, because the opportunity to manipulate is always there yeah. and we're setting new ground so you don't have the long established slow evolving relationships that we've had in this industry uh, throughout my lifetime. Uh, you're actually looking at an exponential uh, change right now. So yeah. the, the opportunity for errors, the opportunity for manipulation in the marketplace are real and they have to be, they have to be watched for. Yeah, so uh, yet another uh, aspect of blockchain we should all be uh, uh, considering moving forward. Um, let's go ahead and get another uh, question that we got from uh, Peter McManus at uh, BNC Chandler Trucking. Uh, you know, Peter asks, uh, what are the cost benefits of newer technologies for small and medium-sized carriers? So we've been discussing a lot of different types of uh, IT systems and technology for trucking. And uh, let me just say that uh, it was not just for the big, biggest of the big fleets. You know, I think uh, in today's environment, you, you really need to be doing uh, work and, and being on top of your information and, and managing information to, to be competitive today. Um, and uh, increasingly, there are more affordable options out there. Uh, there are options for uh, companies of, of all sizes. Um, you know, anything to add, Jack, on... Uh, the, the possibility for uh, you know, small carriers to, to also use technology. Well, I think there's a lot of opportunities. I'll give you a, a good example right now, I think, is in the area of parts core management. TMC has a recommended practice coming through the ballot process right now that helps to standardize the flow of, of parts core management and to give assistance, particularly to small fleets, on developing the systems to go with that. Now where the 
the diagnostics, the analytics that go with that is those transactions can be digitized and those transactions can now actually happen automatically without the, and mostly this is a paper transaction at the, at the small fleet level, is without the hand ledger sheets, without the physical checking of the inventory in your back room and frequently missing uh, parts cores that have expired that you no longer can recover your money for them. Real payoffs to the bottom line um, in a much quicker, uh, quicker manner. Sure. And uh, yet another uh, blockchain uh, question we received. I'll go ahead and uh, get to this one as well. I'm not sure I have a great answer for it, but it is a very good question. Uh, what type of computing power is going to be required to validate blockchains and uh, verify transactions? So if you think about uh, you know, a future uh, uh, where freight transactions are, are increasingly done on blockchain networks, uh, where's the computing power gonna, going to come from? I mean, I've heard this raised before. Um, uh, do you have any insights on that, Jack? Well, I think it's just the miniaturization of processors is just advancing exponentially as well. I mean, I, I remember when I first got involved in uh, IT issues from a business perspective back in the 1980s, the, the x86 chip was there. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about the qubit chip. Right. The quadrillion yeah. pro <laughs> transactions yeah, in, a, in a chip. And I, I think the computer power, power is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of you're going to have to make the purchases as an investment. I mean, your infrastructure costs are going to need to include your computing power so that you can stay up with the transactional uh, velocity that's sure. going to be happening. Yeah, I think it's also helpful that we've uh, you know, gone through this uh, move toward uh, cloud computing already and you know, the, the possibilities for um, all kinds of IT systems has expanded with, with the, you know, the use of the cloud. So uh, that could uh, help pave the way in some cases for uh, blockchain use as well. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and get to a question as well from uh, uh, Jerry Mead at Philips Industries. Um, where do you see the, the role of a smart trailer in the marketplace? Uh, so a smart trailer, um, you know, we, we talked about uh, all the sensors we see um, you know, in today's vehicles, and that's not limited to the tractor, it's also in the trailer, and all kinds of cargo sensors, uh, you know, door sensors, light sensors, uh, when does the door open, uh, is, is the trailer filled or not, uh, temperature monitoring, so, um, you know, this, this idea of a, a smart trailer is out there as well. Um, you know, do you see that as an important part of the ecosystem for the industry moving forward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the trailer is going to be as much more integral part of the system than it's ever has been before. Uh, it's not simply a box on wheels. It, right. it, it, it is in, in itself a, a data source. As you said, particularly in the area of refrigerated and perishable products, uh, from the security standpoint, is, has the door been open? Has the door been breached? Uh, and with blockchain, it's a, it's a, it's a natural complement to it because if you have the transaction being trusted in a blockchain transa uh, transaction, you also need to have the physical entity uh, dovetailed with that. So if you have a smart trailer that knows it hasn't been breached, coupled with the automatically trusted uh, financial logistical uh, contract transaction, then you, then you do truly have a trusted network that you can allow the goods securely to move from someplace halfway around sure. the world to your house. Yep. without a lot of interference. Yeah, and if you want to track the load, it's not just tracking the, the tractor, it's tracking the trailer as well. And more importantly, if something went wrong, who's responsible? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, this has been a, a great conversation. We've, we've really hit on a lot of uh, fascinating topics today, but I think that'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank Jack Legler for joining us here in the studio today, as well as Peter Kovac and Tim Leonard for participating in the program via Skype interviews. If you missed part of the show or would like to watch it again, a replay will be posted later today on our website, ttnews.com, and on liveonweb.ttnews.com. Live on Web will return in April when we will be discussing the release of TT's 2018 Top 50 ranking of the largest 3PLs in North America. Until then, thank you for joining us.